The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. Yesterday, we began a sermon taken from the eighth chapter of the book of Genesis about the raven and the dove that Noah released to see if the waters of the flood still prevailed upon the earth. We saw yesterday in the first half of this sermon that the raven felt right at home on the dead earth, feeding upon the carrion. Today, we'll see that the dove could find no place for the sole of her foot. There's some really sweet lessons here about the old man and the new man. I hope you'll join us today for the conclusion of the sermon, The Raven and the Dove. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. about a dove now for a minute. The dove is 
a small creature, smaller bird, much smaller than a raven. Usually when we see a dove, we see a white dove, but they don't have to be white. Around here, they're kind of grayish, our doves. <clears throat> sometimes, um, sometimes you'll see uh, pigeons and doves sort of uh, talked about interchangeably in the scripture. Pigeon's a little bit bigger. But a true dove is a smaller creature. As I said, usually white. You ever heard a dove make a sound? I know I've been dove hunting many times in my life, and, and you have to get used to listening for it because it has a unique cooing sound. And if you're not careful, you'll miss it. Now, I've been hunting where that we were sitting out somewhere where the doves were supposed to be flying, and all of a sudden, a bunch of crows came over. You can't miss them. Caw, 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 you know, making that sound. I don't know that I've ever seen a raven around here, but, uh, but that raven's, I've heard a raven croak. It's a very unpleasant sound. Sometimes when you're out there hunting, though, you'll hear, you'll hear a dove get up in the woods, and you hear that, just that little cooing, that fluttering little cooing sound. It's a much more soothing sound. It's kind of a mournful sound. Uh, in fact, we call our doves around here morning doves, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, morning doves. Throughout history, the dove has been a symbol of purity, of innocence, various uh, things like that. It's been a symbol of peace. It's also been a symbol of the Holy Spirit. A dove was fit to be offered to God in sacrifice. Back over in Leviticus chapter 5, we read about the offerings that if a soul sin, and it talks about that in the beginning of the, um, of the chapter and many other chapters, different kinds of sins. This is the sin of hearing the voice of swearing uh, and, and uttering that or touching unclean things and that sort of thing. It says in verse 5, it shall be when he shall be guilty in one of these things that he shall confess that he has sinned in that thing and he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord for his sin which he has sinned. And then it goes on to list the trespass offerings, what was appropriate for a trespass offering, uh, beginning with, I believe, the most appropriate, which was a female from the flock, a lamb or a kid of the goats for a sin offering. But then it says in verse 7, if... If he's not able to bring a lamb. Now, what I believe he's talking about there is there were people in Israel even that were too poor to own a flock or a herd of, of sheep. They were not able financially or uh, materially to bring that little lamb as a trespass offering. And so there was a provision made for them. And it says, if he be not able to bring a lamb, in verse 7, uh, then he shall bring for his trespass which he hath committed two turtle doves or two young pigeons unto the Lord. And he goes on to detail how they were to be dealt with. But I want you to notice here that, and uh, you can look back in chapter 1 even, but in, in, throughout the book of Leviticus and throughout the law, a turtle dove, a dove was an appropriate sacrifice used primarily by the poorest among Israel. It's interesting to note that over in the first chapter of Luke, as you read about the birth of Christ and what Mary and Joseph did in the way of keeping the law after he was born, as they brought into the temple on the eighth day, they brought him into the temple to sacrifice two doves, two doves. 
I find that ironic that the king of glory that owns the cattle on a thousand hills, who owns all the sheep of all the flocks throughout all the world, nevertheless, his parents were only able to bring two turtle doves for the sacrifice. What, a, what an humbling experience. What an humble, precious Savior we have who didn't come down to be born in a palace or in the high priest's office. He came down in the humble circumstances of a lowly carpenter who could only afford to bring a turtle dove as a sacrifice. But the, but the dove was fit to be offered in sacrifice under the law, and it was used by the poorest among Israel. And going back to Genesis, we see that Noah released a raven, but then he released the dove. The raven kept flying about there to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. I don't know if Noah ever saw the raven again, but when Noah and the rest of the animals finally got off the ark, the raven was out there. But in verse 8, it says, He sent forth this dove. And in verse 9, it says, But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him in the ark. Now, there's a lesson for us there. There's a lesson for us to, to, to understand that this dove was different from the raven. Unlike the raven, the raven was satisfied with the dead things of the world. The raven was satisfied to feed upon the dead things of the world and to dwell among the dead things of the world. But this little dove, the symbol of purity, the symbol of holiness, the symbol of peace, the symbol of the Holy Spirit in many places, this little dove was not satisfied with the dead things of this world. She found no place for rest for the sole of her foot. And so what did she do? She returned back to the only place of rest that she knew, which was the ark where the man Noah was. And let me just say this too. The word place of rest there in the Hebrew says she found no rest for the sole of her foot. That's the Hebrew word Manoah. And it means a place of rest. You notice the man's name was Noah. And that means rest. That means rest. What a beautiful picture here. She found no Manoah, so she returned to Noah. <laughs> she returned to Noah. And this man Noah, whose name means rest, put forth his hand, and he took her and pulled her in unto him into the ark. So what's the lesson here? What's the lesson? I think you see it, but, but what the lesson is here is that the natural man is satisfied in the carrion of this world. The natural man is satisfied with the dead things of this world. Death suits us in the flesh. We talked this morning about the fact that when Adam sinned, he plunged all of humanity into sin, and therefore all of humanity bears the Adam nature. There's a part of me that is dead to the things of God. Over in the book of Romans, the 8th chapter, we read here, uh, as, as we begin that great chapter that leads us on into the ninth chapter, he says in, uh, uh, down in verse 6, he says, well, let's go, back, uh, let's go back up to verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Beloved, I believe that this raven is a typical of the things that are of the flesh, but the dove is typical of the things that are of the Spirit, those who are spiritual. He says, verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death. 
That raven was satisfied with the death of this world. The carnal mind is satisfied with the dead things of this world. We're told in one place, all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life is not of God, but that's what we gravitate toward in our flesh. That's what we gravitate toward in our Adam man. The Adam man, the natural man, is satisfied with those things. 1 Corinthians 2.14 tells us that the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man is not interested in the things of the Spirit because he's only carnal, completely, and holy, and that is to be death. He says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You see, the dove could find no rest in this world. The dove could find no place for the sole of her foot to sit down. She couldn't take, she couldn't stand the dead things that were out there. It was not her food. It was not her, she could find no place of nourishment. She could find no place of sustenance. The raven was out there. She probably saw the raven out there feeding upon the carcasses of the dead things, but that was not for the dove. Those things would not have sustained the dove. The dove feeds on different things than that. It's not a carrion bird. The dove feeds upon the seeds and the grains of this, that, that are put out there for it. Beloved, the dove cannot eat raven food. There was a young man we read about in, over in the book of Luke. And he had left the home. that He had sustenance and he had food and he had rest. He had all kinds of good things there with his father. He was living in luxury. He was living, we would say, in the lap of luxury there with his father. And he left his father, he took his inheritance, and he went out and he squandered it with riotous living. And he ended up down in a hog pen feeding the hogs. And he wanted to even, he was lusting after the husks of this world. He would fain have eaten the husks that they were feeding the hogs. But I got news for you. The husks of this world won't sustain a child of God. <laughs> that, little, that little sheep of the Lord couldn't eat the hog food. The hog food of this world will not feed you, child of God. And he found no rest for the sole of his foot. He was down there struggling. He was down there uh, in, in, in squalor. He was down there uh, in despair. And, and finally he came to himself and he realized that there was a place for him where he could find rest for his feet, where he could find food for his table, where he could find a place of fellowship with his father again. And he even didn't, you know, he didn't go marching back to his father and say, okay, dad, I'm back. I know you've been missing me and you need me now. So put me back in the right place. Lift me up on high. <laughs> You know, somebody comes to the church of God with that attitude, we don't want them. We don't want them to come in here. I, I remember that story that Brother Lonnie told. I won't go back over it again. Go back and listen to it about the man who came down at one point and he was rich and mighty and a good businessman. He said, y'all need me at this church. And the church voted to reject him. After he lost everything, he came crawling back when, some years later and said, please just let me shine your shoes. They said, that's the man we want. We don't want the rich of this world. We don't want the ones who, who see themselves as necessary to the church. If you feel yourself to be unnecessary to the church, if you feel yourself to be unworthy to be a member of the church, that's the kind of church member we want right there. And don't ever let yourself get too lifted up in pride. Now listen, don't get me wrong. We love you. And this church needs you. Yes, we need you in the sense that we need all of God's children. We want all of God's little sheep to be in here. But anytime we get to the point where we think we're necessary to the kingdom of God, the next thing you know, there's problems. So, 
What's the lesson? The natural man is satisfied with the dead things of this world. The carnal man is enmity against God. We're told here in Romans 8, the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. The ravens of this world can't please God. And the ravens of this world don't want to please God. They're satisfied with the world. But I'm glad there's another category of people here. Verse 9, he says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. You remember what I said about that dove? It's a symbol of the Spirit of God. It's been in many places in the Word of God it's used that way. Certainly throughout history and in literature it's been used that way. Notice here that it says if, if the Spirit of God dwells in you, then you're not in the flesh anymore. That doesn't mean you don't have a fleshly nature, but what it means is you're not only in the flesh. You don't just have a natural man. The natural man can cover up though. You know, the natural man is what, uh, uh, taking over is what happened to the prodigal son. The natural man took over. He was already a child of God. This, that's not a story about the new birth, going down to the hog pen and getting born again. That's a, that's a child of God that was already born again who had let his old Adam nature take over and he ended up down there. But praise God, the, the new man took over from the hog pen going back home. <laughs> you see, you're not just in the flesh if the Spirit of God dwells in you. And I want to say to you, child of God, the natural man may be satisfied with the things of this world like that raven was satisfied with the death that was out there. But the dead things of this world won't satisfy the spiritual man. That spiritual nature within you, that new creature that's in you, you won't find rest for the sole of your foot out there in the world. When the ladies went to the tomb of Jesus in Luke chapter 24, and they found nothing there, they found no body, they found only two men, two angels, I believe, standing there, and they spoke to them, and the angels said to them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? Well, I want to say to you this evening, there's many children of God that are seeking the living among the dead. There's many children of God that are being told that's what they have to do in order to find life is they have to seek the living among the dead. They have to work it up in themselves or they have to get out and do enough good works. They have to do enough good deeds and, and they have to live right or hold on or let go or all kinds of things. But out in the world, they're being told that and there will, they will never find rest for the soles of their feet under that kind of teaching. Beloved, I'll tell you something else. As a child of God, you can live just as ungodly as you want to, but you'll never be satisfied with it. You know, we don't believe in an idea of perseverance that, oh, you will persevere. The Lord has decreed that you're going to do right throughout your life. No, he warns you that you might do wrong. <laughs> you have the ability to go back and to quit serving him. And to, you, did you know, you say, surely not. I know preachers who have turned their backs on the church. I know preachers that have turned their backs on the truth of God's word. I know preachers that have left the ministry and left it in an in a, in a immoral way, done immoral acts that have taken them out of the ministry. I believe they're children of God. I know a man right now in prison who will never see a free day again in his life, and I believe I'll see him in heaven. But oh, how he has messed up his life here in this world. 
And those who don't seek the rest of the ark will never find rest for the soles of their feet if they're children of God. So, let's wrap this up by asking the question, where, where did the dove find rest? Where did the dove find rest? Well, we're told that the dove returned to the ark. <clears throat> what was the ark doing? What was the ark in that day? The ark was a place of life in the midst of a world of death. The only living on the face of the earth in that day were in the ark. Noah and his seven family members and all of those animals. It was a place of life in the midst of death. You know, the little doves of this world can't find rest in the world of death. But I read about a, a dove over in the third chapter of Matthew that found a place of rest for the sole of his foot. In the third chapter of Matthew, we read about the time that Jesus came to the waters of baptism. He came to Galilee, from Galilee to Jordan, to John the Baptist to be baptized. And of course, you remember the story, John said, I can't do it, I'm not worthy. And Jesus basically said, I know you're not worthy. <laughs> I'm reading it into it here, but essentially he's, he didn't contradict him, but he said, it's, it needs to be, suffer it to be so, because that's, this is the way I, I need to be baptized. And, uh, but notice what happened after his baptism. In verse 16, we're told that Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. There was a dove released by Noah that could find no place of rest for the sole of, of her feet in this world. But the Holy Spirit, in the form of a dove, came down from heaven on that day and lit upon something in this sin-cursed world that it could find a rest for the sole of his feet on. And it wasn't any of the Pharisees and it wasn't any of the Sadducees. It wasn't the book of the law. He didn't come down upon the Holy of Holies. He didn't come down upon the Temple Mount. He came down and lit upon the Lord Jesus Christ. The only place in this world that the dove can find a place of rest is in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're told over in the John's account of this that after it lit upon him, it abode upon him. And that means it dwelled upon him. It stayed upon him. Now I know this is the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is leading us here, I believe, and teaching us a lesson that the only place of rest that we'll find in the world today that's been cursed by sin is on the shoulders of the Lord Jesus Christ. And where does Jesus dwell today? Where does He dwell today? Well, I know He dwells within the hearts of His people, and we ought to seek that refuge of Him, dig down deep inside of us, come to ourselves like the prodigal son did. When it says he came to himself, it's not talking about he came to his old Adamic nature. The prodigal son came to himself, that new creature, that real part of him. You know, there's a part of you, child of God, that will never die. If you've been born of the Spirit, there's a new creature within you that will never die and that is as holy today as it ever will be or it ever needs to be. There's a part of you that doesn't sin. You know that? You say, I sure hide it a lot. So do I. 
I covered up a lot. But there's a part of me that is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. There's a part of me of where Jesus is and meets with me on a daily basis. I need to seek that. But even, it's even better than that. You say, preacher, sometimes I just need a place I can go to to come aside from all this death that I see in the world. Well, I got good news for you. There is such a place. You're sitting in it today. It's not the building. It's not the timbers and the sheetrock and the nails. It's the people. It's the church. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there will I be in the midst of them. You know, you can live all your life apart from the church and end up in heaven one day because you're a child of God, not because you're a member of a church, but because he chose you in Christ before the foundation of the world. And he died for you on the cross, and the Holy Spirit has or will quicken you at some point between your conception and death. But why do you want to put it off? You're going to have to dwell with the church for eternity. Why don't you go ahead and start now? <laughs> Today, you see, we have a place of refuge. The only place where the dove can find rest is in the ark of safety. The place where that ark is today is here in the church of the living God. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.